Episode 25 of the podcast. What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode. We have a great agenda for you guys today. Uh, this week, we are looking at some of the best Air Jordans to wear with jeans. That's going to be the fashion segment of the episode. Once again, we're breaking it down into segments, um, you know, where I'm giving you guys a fashion tip. We're going to be going over some of the latest and greatest releases, as well as, you know, the movie and music segment, um, where we are going to be talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Guys, if you haven't checked out episode 24, it was an absolute banger. We went over how to style patterned pants. We went over the movie Uncut Gems, and we did a total Air Jordan preview um, for All-Star Weekend. A bunch of sneakers releasing then, some of which we are going to be retouching up upon on uh, this week's episode. So I say without further ado, we get it started with some of the upcoming releases. Starting off with the Air Jordan 1 in the New Beginnings um, low top edition. Yes. So we are all familiar with the pack, the new beginnings pack, which is the Nike airship in the white and red colorway, as well as the air Jordan 185 in that red and white colorway. So great pack. It's going to be retailing for around 500 Canadian, or I think about 400 or 350 us. Um, so if you guys are interested in picking that up, it's going to be releasing this weekend. Super excited. One of the best packs to release in recent memory. Um, and it's interesting to see how they've sort of slowed down on the packs uh, release. And uh, yeah, it's you know what? It's kind of a shame. I wish they were releasing individually. Um, but to be honest, if they were releasing individually, I do not think I'd be getting those airships. Um, it's a cool shoe, a lot of heritage for those of you that don't know. That was actually the first shoe that Michael Jordan won or wore from Nike. So right in 1984, when he actually signed on the dotted line to get a Nike deal, they, immediately he started wearing Nike Air ships. So that was sort of the predecessor of the Air Jordan 1. And, um, you know, you wouldn't have the Air Jordan 1 as we know and love today without that Nike Air ship. So something interesting there. Now the uh, the Air Jordan 1s on the other hand, re once again remodeled to look more of the original uh, Nike Air Jordan 1 release and uh, yeah, so it has a couple different stitching elements and the shape of the shoe is more reminiscent of that initial uh, shoe and it's interesting to see over the years how Nike, they sort of changed the shape of their shoe to, I guess, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. And we saw that recently with the Air Max 90s that released. So um, I picked up the Neon Air Max 90, but uh, about a year ago, I or not a year ago, last September, October, I picked up the Air Max 90 Infrared at SneakerCon. That was the 2014 edition. And when you held the two pairs side by side, um, this year's release, which is reminiscent of the OG shape uh, compared to what was released in 2014, you can see that there are some differences. The 2014 edition is much wider. Um, but I found personally that there was it was actually more cushion in that 2014 pair. So I think in terms of comfort, that probably was a little bit better. If you do prefer a more cushioned setup, um, you probably would have liked those 2014 editions a little bit better. But uh, in terms of you know um, the current release, a little bit more narrow foot. Um, but once again, reminiscent to the OG pair. I'm always a big fan of what was. Uh, released first. I'm a big fan of OG. I don't like when they change stuff like 
there's been so many times where they've re-retroed sneakers and they've just made changes to them for whatever reason. And um, I have it right next to me, but uh, and we're going to be talking about the shoe a little bit later. But this is the Air Jordan 4 in the white cement colorway. You know, if you pulled up a pair of the OGs from, uh, you know, 99, you would, and if you held them together, you would very quickly see... Uh, Sorry, not 99. 99 was the first retro, but if you held them up to a pair from 1989, you would notice that uh, the tones of the gray were different. The cement print itself was a little bit different, and uh, the materials, of course, were also very different. So I guess, you know, with technology, with new machines, um, you know, new manufacturing processes, you know, one, you know, the OGs could have been made in Mexico, and now they have a factory in China. So it's kind of like, okay, how are we going to... Uh, you know, transport all these materials and all these, uh, you know, um, and, uh, and molds for certain sneakers. So I get it that they make changes. Sometimes it's out of their control. Once again, Nike is such a large corporation conglomerate that it's sort of hard to keep tabs on all of the original processes and stuff like that. So either way, you know, to turn this, steer this back to the Airship and the Air Jordan 1, those are going to be uh, releasing... Uh, in their true OG form. And now we are seeing a low top edition of the New Beginnings Air Jordan 1. Super fresh. Um, I think this is going to be a sort of a great consolation prize uh, to the OG, um, uh, to that Air Jordan 1 high top. Um, because I think that people are probably going to be steering away from the fact that it was... Uh, releasing in a pack and you're sort of forced to buy both shoes and that the retail price is of course going to be much higher on those. Um, and uh, just because I have another reference right next to me, we are looking at the Shattered Backboard Air Jordan 1 Lows, one of the biggest sleepers of 2019. Definitely, it's so interesting to me how, you know, you have a high top version of a sneaker and it is currently uh, selling for probably around 1500 on, on the resale market and then they have a low top version of it that is an amazing looking shoe and suddenly it is you know still sitting in stores um, so either way I'm a huge fan of these Air Jordan 1 lows and I cannot wait to wear these um, in, a, in a trip that I have coming up but I'm going to be talking about this particular shoe the Air Jordan 1 lows um, in a little while um, but either way once again that low top is, is, uh, is releasing Love the color blocking on it. Um, it doesn't seem like it's a true varsity red like we see on the bread colorways. It seems to be more of a cherry red. And uh, I'm excited about this shoe. And I'm going to be copying the one lows. I'm going to be wearing a lot of one lows this summertime. So, And you can't beat the price, right? 120 And, um, you know, for me, I still have that fresh feeling like, yo, looking fresh. So, um, you know what? And I find that for me, Air Jordan 1 lows are a little bit easier to wear in the summertime. You can, know, you can wear them more comfortably with shorts. Um, whereas I don't really wear Air Jordan 1 highs with shorts. Unless I pull them with, tubes, uh, with uh, higher, higher socks, tube socks. Um, then I'll, I'll rock those, but um, I think that the one lows are a little bit more wearable. Now, next up, we also have the Travis Scott Nike SB Dunk Lows coming out. That's coming out towards the end of February. Once again, I talked about it on an earlier episode. I believe it was episode 23. Um, you know, the resurgence of the Nike SBs. Super excited uh, to see that they're coming out. I'm a huge proponent of Nike SBs. Um, usually I have behind me the Tiffany Dunk Highs that I have, um, but those that was a particular pair that I picked up from Flight Club in New York about uh, 2016 maybe. Uh, that was the second time that I had been to NYC. 
Uh, so love flight club, super fun to be there. And you know what? I, you really get uh, lost in the hype when you're there. So I ended up spending a, a pretty penny on those. I think I spent like two fifty or something like that. Uh, but considering, you know, that there's a resurgence of Nike SPs, I can imagine that the retail price of those, um, or the aftermarket price of those is going to go up either way. Big proponent of Nike SBs. If I were to tell you to invest in a shoe coming up, definitely look at some uh, of those releases that are coming out. And this particular pair, the Travis Scott Nike SB Dunk Lows, they are going to be a very limited release, I can imagine. Or maybe, maybe not super limited, but the demand for them is going to be really high. But for me personally, I'm a little bit unsure about the shoe. I'm just pulling up a photo of them now. And... I don't know. There's something about them that is just, it's, it's not quite there. I just, I don't know. Maybe if I hold them in person, maybe if I seen them a little bit more, um, I will maybe favor them. I really want to like them just because I'm a big fan of the SB Dunk Lows. Um, but for, there's something about these. I think it's the color blocking. I'm a big fan, huge fan. If you guys know, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, more, earth tones, the tans, the, the, you know, the browns absolutely love it. But for some reason, I think that the mixture of the patterns is just something that isn't sitting well with me. Either way, it is a great design in a sense that it's something that we haven't seen, um, before. And what I mean by that is there's some elements to it that you just don't really see. Also, there aren't many recent artist collaborations with, the Nike SB Dunk lows. And what I mean from that is, I mean, on a larger scale. So, you know, we saw, you know, Kanye West design his own sneakers with Nike. We saw Drake collaborate with Air Jordan and also wearing Nikes. We saw all of these major rapper artists, you know, collaborating with sneakers, but we haven't seen any of them collaborate with the Nike SB line. So it's great to see that. Tra and he, we obviously also know that Travis Scott has been a big proponent of the Nike SBs. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that he's getting his own shoe, but somehow like the laces, they look like, they look like they're literal ropes. It looks like you went to home Depot. You went in the rope section. <laughs> if they have a rope section and pulled them out, uh, and just started was like, Hey, this is going to be the new laces for the shoes. So once again, the, the combination of the patterns is something that's not sitting well with me. <clears throat> but I do like how there's a, uh, a gum outsole. I think that's pretty fresh. And overall, you know, I think it's a, an interesting shoe. Once again, maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe it'll, it won't. It sort of reminds me of the Air Jordan, uh, sorry, the Air Force One recent release with that lace lock on them from Travis Scott. One of those shoes where it's very polarizing. You look at it, you're like, oh, I don't really know. But I think that one made better use of different patterns and colors. You know, we saw it with the corduroy and uh, the maroon. You know, there was elements of navy on it. So I think it was a really cool color palette on those. These ones, not as much. Either way, moving on from those to, um, let me pull it up here. Where did we go? Sorry, guys, technical difficulty. And I am pulling up, sorry about that. Uh, next up is the Yeezy Basketball Quantum. These are the official name of the new Yeezy Basketball shoes that are releasing. It is uh, an interesting shoe. Once again, you want to talk about polarizing shoes. Here's one for you. Um, you know, it's the first basketball, you know, performance shoe to be released by Kanye West and Adidas. It is a very polarizing design. And what I mean by that is just, it's not a type of design that you're, you know, used to seeing either way. 
it is a very uh it, it's a cool shoe in my opinion like um i i respect new designs i respect something new and different i'm a, obviously a big fan of jordans big fan of retros but i love when people you know give it a shot and that's what nike is really doing at this one the adidas Yeezy Quantum. It is just a an interesting shoe. It sort of has that that classic, you know, 350 V2 upper in terms of the pattern where it's got those nice, you know, waves and it's a very streamlined design, but it has a static element to it. Um, and we're seeing also that there's some 3M hits on it along the heel of the shoe, as well as in the weave of the knit upper. Now, in terms of material selection, I haven't seen them. I haven't held them up close, so I can't, I'm can't. i not able to speak on it. Um, but that is definitely something that is very, very polarizing design, interesting. Um, so we'll see which type of NBA players are able to wear it on court. Obviously, ones who aren't signed to a particular deal can wear them. Um, but we'll see if they actually do grace the NBA court because, as you guys may or may not know, there is certain uh, precautions that you have to go and follow in terms of basketball shoes that you can actually wear. Um, so, yeah, interesting-looking sh shoe. Um, once again, respect a, um, you know, a design that is always going for it. So, shout-out to Yeezy on these. Next up, uh, shoes that I'm excited about are the Scribble Swoosh Blazers. So these just got uh, uh, released, or we saw some information released about these today, and it is the standard uh, Blazer Highs. This is in that classic OG 1970s white color, um, you know, with the off-white sole and those little patches of gray on it. And the kicker with these ones is it actually has a scribbled swoosh in red, and then a separate shoot in black as well, where it sort of has that, uh, you know, uh, there's been a, a trend re re recently of shoes that are reminiscent of a Tinker design. Like, oh, these are the ones that Tinker designed. We saw that with the Air Max ones. Um, and so it's interesting to see that they're getting spread out into other different shoes. I'm not too sure about the storytelling on these. I can't imagine that in a sketchbook somewhere there was a blazer with the Nike swoosh design like that because ultimately Tinker did not. This is way before Tinker's time when the shoe came out. Um, but either way, it's an interesting take on a classic shoe. And I think that these do are, are a little bit better than the... The Blazers that released before, I believe, is about a year ago from the date, actually, that we saw this shoe run out with, you know, a green swoosh and, and some other interesting colors. So I think that this adds a, a little bit of uh, a little pizzazz to it, if you will. So um, if you guys are interested in Nike Blazers, once again, we saw a lot of success from them from the off-white edition. So this is definitely something for you guys there. Next up is the Nike Air Fear of God 1. These ones are coming out in a very interesting colorway. Once again, you guys know I'm a big fan of uh, Earth Tone, so the new one that's coming out does have uh, some interesting color blocking to it. It does have a black upper and that oatmeal. So if you guys don't remember, uh, a couple weeks back we saw um, the, the Air Fear of God ones in that oatmeal colorway. Now we're seeing them release again with uh, you know that same sort of color uh, blocking to it, um, but this time it has a predominantly black upper uh, or not predominantly but uh, it, the the actual boot system the the um, the inner of the shoe is actually black and it spills out through the laces and onto the tongue of the shoe as well so pretty interesting design I'm a, I, I really you want to talk about polarizing new fresh designs this shoe I think is underrated I don't think the shoe gets enough credit as it does um, and I think partially because you know some of the off-white 
shoes that we've been seeing release in, uh, you know, the moccasin lows, those are a couple of duds. Um, but either way, very interesting shoe. I love the, the, the color combination of the black uh, with the tan, super fresh. And uh, I think it's great that, you know, Nike and, you know, there are some fashion designers out there like Jerry Lorenzo that are really cognizant of, you know, making lifestyle basketball sneakers because ultimately when I was coming up in the game in 2010, 2011, and a little bit earlier, you know, people were really heavy on the um, design where, you know, it was a, a ball shoe, but people were wearing ball shoes with jeans all the time. So this is very reminiscent to that. And um, I think this is a great design. Where does this colorway sort of stand out amongst all the other colorways? I'm not exactly sure. I still do think that the predominantly, you know, monochrome ones are uh, perhaps a little bit better. But once again, I haven't seen these. I think that oatmeal colorway ultimately is one of the better ones. Um, but w when it comes to this shoe, because it's such a high cut shoe, my, my take to would be to try to blend it in as best possible. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you're going to wear, um, you know, this particular pair with that black upper, you know, I would rock these with black jeans, keep it very standard. You know, once you go into the light wash or you go into the Navy denim, you know, you're going to have tan, black and Navy all together. So it might be a little bit trickier to rock, but, uh, in first glance, I would definitely just keep it, keep it straight with a pair of black denim. Um, but that's just me. Now, last but certainly not least, once again, I want to touch up on the Off-White Air Jordan 5. Uh, we just received news out here in Toronto, Canada that this is going to be a first-come, first-serve release, which is stupid. It is ridiculous. People are going to get hurt, injured. There's going to be total madness. I cannot confirm, but I, I can't. Usually these... Um, these uh or raffles they start on monday so it, this raffle could literally be going on as we speak but i'm telling you right now i am not waiting in line for a pair of shoes in terms of that's going to cause this type of madness you know I, I don't i don't mind waiting in lines for sneakers i've done it growing up this is just something that's i'm primed to it's not news to me um but ever since that travis scott air jordan one there's no worse feeling no feeling more defeating than waiting in a crazy long line and and that feeling of I there's no guarantee that I'm gonna get this shoe. And um, now that I think about it because the, the these are releasing um, this weekend, uh, for All Star Weekend, they, they wouldn't be there. Like I had mentioned that as we speak, they might be raffling. That doesn't make sense. And these are going to be released this weekend. Um, but the point being is just once again, no defeating feeling more than waiting in line. And there's just no guarantee that you're going to get the shoe. And now, there's certain ways that you can guarantee. You know, you can get there earlier than everyone. Um, but I'm telling you right now, like this, that that's just you know when I was waiting in line for those Travis Scott Air Jordan ones, doing the raffles. You know, it's only releasing at one store in all of Canada. Like, you know, everyone and their mother is just waiting in line for that. So it's just not something that I'm into. So that was a rundown of all of the releases coming out. So let's go into the next segment, um, which is, uh, you know, the best Air Jordans to wear with jeans. One of my best performing videos um, of the past little while um, is actually the video that I had done where I described the best Air Jordans to wear with jeans. Um, so I just wanted to touch up on this, give you guys a little bit of an update. Um, so in, out of all my collection of shoes, uh, there are three in particular um, that I are my go-to jeans sneakers. And um, this is going to be specific to Air Jordans 
And I think that I have to go, if I'm going to rank them top three, number three has to be the Air Jordan 3. So um, big, huge fan of the Air Jordan 3. I own more Air Jordan 3s than any other shoe in my collection. I have about four pairs, um, which for me in my collection size is a lot. Um, you know, my two favorites are, of course, the True Blue Air Jordan 3 and the Air Jordan, uh, the Black Cement Air Jordan 3. Now, there's a couple ways you can go about wear, rocking these. And uh, I like to keep things streamlined. In terms of my outfits, I like to just keep things streamlined, keep them matching to the tones of the outfit. And the best that we, that you guys can do that is actually by rocking, um, you know, a similar pant color with the upper of the sneaker. So my go-to um, for rocking the Black Cement 3 is standard with a pair of black denim. Now this is my favorite pair of black denim that I have. I picked these up from Pull and Bear um, at a, a, in Portugal two years ago. You can buy them online through ASOS or the Pull and Bear website. Um, and what I love most about these jeans is they're actually a bit of a fade to them. Um, they're not distressed, but they have a vintage wash to them is the best way that I can describe it. They're not a jet black, they're not a true black. Um, but they do have a little bit of wash to them. And I think that matches perfectly with my actual Air Jordan 3s. Because these are so beat up, um, I think that even though this looks great beat up, the shoe, um, I think it goes also great when you are matching, right? The streamline of the pants with the sneakers is just it's just a good look. So um, this is particularly how I like to rock them. You know what, in terms of, you know, you can, it's such a versatile combination. You can basically pretty much wear it with anything. Um, you know, but in terms of the black cement threes, you got to go with a pair of black jeans and, uh, you know, if it's a crispy new pair of black cement threes, maybe you go with a brand new pair of jet black jeans. Um, but particularly I like to rock these with, uh, this vintage wash that I have right here. And, uh, that sort of trend is going to be, it's going to stay the same pretty much, um, throughout, uh, the sneakers that I'm going to be listing off. Now, just to switch gears to the True Blue Air Jordan 3s, once again, a predominantly white upper with a uh, uh, some blue hits to it. Now, this isn't quite a navy blue. It's not quite a varsity blue. It's sort of in the middle. And now, because of that, I would actually really like to wear these with a pair of standard blue jeans. These are like a clock. Like if you were to think of a pair of blue denim in your head, this isn't a navy, it's not an indigo, it's just a nice true blue. And what better shoe to go with it than the true blue 3s, right? Um, so as you can see, the tones of the shoes match up pretty well. Um, there's a nice little contrast between them, between the white upper and the actual blue from the denim. Um, but I just, you know what, you rock this outfit with a white t-shirt, white tee, pair of blue denim, true blue 3s, who's better than you? I don't know, you tell me. So let me tell you something, when it comes to rocking the Air Jordan 3s with denim, Black cements with the black jeans, true blues with, uh, you know, a pair of blue, blue denim, and you're good to go. Now, if you do have the the OG Air Jordan 3s, you have the, the 88 Jordan 3s, you have, you know, the Fire Reds, a very versatile shoe. Personally, I think you can go either way, um, but like I said, it, it, if we're talking about my collection, true blue 3s, blue denim, black cements, black denim. Pretty standard stuff, guys. I like to keep things simple. I like to keep them easy. Now, when we go into the second most, uh, the second best sneaker to wear with jeans, in my personal opinion, you gotta go with the Air Jordan 4s. I 
love Air Jordan 4s. This was sort of my first love when it came to sneakers, particularly with this one. You know, I did a whole video about this shoe um, and how I purchased it almost 10 years ago. And it is just an amazing, amazing shoe. White Cement Air Jordan 4s. Um, I picked these up back in 2000 and when, when did these release? 2011. Um, this was sort of one of the first heat retro sneakers that I had ever owned and purchased with my own money. So I was really excited to get these. Now, when it comes to this shoe, this is a very versatile shoe. Reason being is because of the hits of black and the hits of gray on them. And you can easily wear these with both a black pair of jeans. And that's what actually be my preferred wear is boom. Can't beat it with a bat. You got the black. From the tongue, you got the black Jumpman on the back. So if I'm going with a pair of shoes, um, you know, the white cement fours with a pair of denim, you got to go with the black denim right here. Super fresh. Um, and there's just something about it. I know I said that, you know, you keep a streamline and there's a big contrast, but because of the hits of black on here, the, the tones of the gray, um, you know, with the black speckling on it, it just complements it perfectly. And you got that little hit of red from the tongue right there. This is just such a classic shoe. Incredible, incredible shoe. Now, when it comes to the the Air Jordan 4 breads, guys, this must be my most worn sneaker in the past little while. Such a versatile shoe. You know what? You can wear these with a bare black denim. You can wear these with light wash denim. You can wear these with uh, you know, a pair of blue denim. It, it Either way, it is super fresh. I wear these actually all the time with a pair of navy denim. And I'm actually wearing the navy right now, as you can see. So this would be, this. I would actually wear this sneaker with this shoe. So today, this is what I wore to work today. And I actually wore the bread 11s with them. Um, so as you can see, black and red sneakers with a pair of navy denim also goes really, really well. Um, but like I said, this is probably one of the most versatile sneakers in the color, this particular colorway. So you can't go wrong at all. Now, if we are talking about the number one most wearable sneaker, Air Jordan with jeans, it's you gotta go. You gotta go with the Air Jordan 1s on this one. I got two little versions for you just because this is sort of my favorite color blocking of the Air Jordan 1. Um, you know, you got the breads right here, 2016 pair. You got the Air Jordan 1 low shatter backboards. Now, this is such a clean, clean shoe. Very, very, um, you know, very loud. Couple loud shoes, but ultimately, for some reason, even though there's hits of red and, a gray, hits of red and black on this one, it's still, you know, the color blocking is just so, so classic, so synonymous. And once again, I do have to pull out that black denim right here. I do got to pull out the black denim. If I'm my go-to outfit, guys, bury me. Bury me in a pair of black denim and a pair of bread Air Jordan 1s. That's just that color combination is just too classic, too hard to pass up on. You know what? You can even throw with the shattered backboards on there. It's just it's just an unbeatable combination. Black denim with this color blocking, same with the breads, that kind of color blocking, really crazy. Now, there are some exceptions when it comes to a pair of light wash denim say your favorite one of my favorite pairs of jeans to wear at the moment are these um levi's 512 slim tapered denim one of my favorite combinations is actually with these shattered backboards what i like to do personally because this is a sort of it's not a skinny fitting pair of jeans right here 
This isn't a standard Zara H&M fit. What I like to do is I like to cuff, cuff the pants a bit. Put on a pair of white Nike Elite socks, Nike Tube socks, and boom. This is the combination that you guys are going for. Super fresh. Because there's more white, I wouldn't do that with these. I could. I could. I could do, you know, the light wash with the black. I could do that, but I don't. And the reason for that is because this looks best with the black, so I like to keep it with the black. But with this particular pair, because there's a white in that medial and the lateral side right there, that white paneling, I like to rock these just like that. So super, super fresh, um, light wash with the shattered backboards. Can't go wrong. To be fair, you won't see me wearing a true blue pair of denim with the shatter with the bread ones or the shattered backboards. It's just not my vibe right there. Um, you know, too many color combinations with the blue. Um, that true blue MD in the reds and the oranges. It's just not something that I'm into. Yeah, so let me know what you guys think in the comments about that segment. Now, next up in the last segment of the show is the media segment, right? The movies, the music. I'm going to go with movies on this one. And the reason for that is just because there's a movie in particular that I'm just super passionate about and that I want to talk about with you guys. I want to get your guys' opinion on this. And that is the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, one of the best movies. You know, yesterday was the Oscars and, uh, you know, it was a very special time in Hollywood. So why not talk about a movie that talks about Hollywood, right? So Once Upon a Time <clears throat> in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt. Uh, such an incredible movie. Very polarizing movie. You know, buzzword of this episode is polarizing. A lot of it, There's just a lot to talk about, right? It's a three-hour-long movie. And a lot of people, you know, I was having this conversation at work recently, and a lot of people weren't didn't seem to vibe with it too much, right? Didn't seem too too impressed by the movie, but personally, I was blown away. But it did take some time. I saw the movie when it came out, and uh, you know, I walked out of that theater scratching my head. I was unsure about it. There was a long build up to this bang ending where some crazy shit happens um and i just thought to myself at first like was it worth it you know and uh to be honest i had to go back and watch the movie a second time and talk about it with other people for me to fully understand it and what i love most about this movie is a couple reasons a couple things number one is how quentin tarantino was able to capture the time period yesterday at the oscars he actually won for set design or something like that Something, something along the lines of, you know, designing sets or, you know, capturing a time frame. And he absolutely, bar none, hit it out of the park. The way he was able to capture the 70s time period in the movie was incredible. He did it with the dress. He did it with the cars, the way it was shot, you know, uh, the cultural significance, given that it was the Manson family. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, highly, I'm, highly recommend you go see it. There aren't too many spoilers here, um, but either way great great film that first element the first reason why i love it is absolutely because he hit it out of the park with that time frame captured it very very well number two is the bond between the act the supporting actor and the main lead right so leonardo dicaprio plays a struggling actor and his accomplice brad pitt is his, the character's 
uh, stunt double. And they're both sort of struggling and fizzling out of Hollywood because they can't find work and they're just not doing a great job. And they find this resurgence in their relationship um, based off of those said circumstances. They sort of have this commonality that they're struggling to find work and it's just an interesting time period. Um, you know, Brad Pitt sort of is adjusting to it a little bit better uh, and he never really saw much fame to begin with. Um, whereas Leonardo DiCaprio was popular kind of and then started fizzling away and he was his frustrations with that now um <clears throat> there's also uh, so either way the point being i really really loved their dynamic between the two of them um i thought it was just a nice brotherly love it wasn't too challenging of a character so i understand why people um say that brad pitt didn't really deserve it just because he wasn't playing anybody different than himself he kind of was elements of brad pitt in it just in terms of his ruggedness um but uh Either way, I thought he did an outstanding job. I thought it was an amazing movie. And I'm really glad uh, to see... I don't know, I was just rooting for for Brad Pitt towards the end there. You know, he did a bit of a sweep at the award shows uh, this year, winning, you know, the Golden Globes and the Oscar and then the SAG Award as well. So um, he's just a very likable guy, and I'm glad that he, he was able to win. Now, in terms of, uh, yeah, the, another reason why I love the movie, number one, once again, being being able to capture the time period, uh, and uh, the second one was the relationship between uh, Brad and Leo, and then the third being just the overall storyline and that ending. So the ending was just this huge climax, um, and the fact that, uh, without spoiling it too much, shit goes down in that last scene. So um, you gotta stick with the movie. If you start that movie, you gotta stick with it because the ending is just, and I feel bad for people that bailed halfway through or, you know, we saw people walk out of the theater. Um, so shame on them for missing out, but hey, that shit happens sometimes. But either way, that's my two cents on the movie. Thanks for sticking with me for this episode, guys. Um, posting every week as usual. Now, thanks so much for tuning in and I'll catch you guys next week. Bye.